Welcome to another episode of our unique NUFC podcast. After another way win in the capital, the two are showing they can find a way. Third in the Premier League and now up against another form team in the table. It's Villa away. Welcome to Black and White with Arab News. The ball back, Joe Linton onto Wilson. Into the area, Callum Wilson on his left. Alexander East! Oh, what a goal! What a hit from Isak! They've turned it around. Alexander Isak with a glorious finish from the edge of the area into the top of the net. It's Brentford 1, Newcastle United 2. Today's guest made over 500 top flight appearances, including 50 for tomorrow's opponents. It's the excellent Neil Cox. But before we meet him, it's a warm welcome back to our own champion, champion of predictions, that is, and of course, sports editor of Arab News, Ali Khaled. Ali, something that's ringing in my ears from you is the top teams find a way. It's a phrase I often hear. Uh, the tune found a way the last time out. They did, uh, Peter. It was a um, um, great result, I think, because they were up against a team in Brentford who has been playing quite well. Uh, they've had some really big results at home uh, against some of the big teams. Uh, I mean, the, the game against Liverpool obviously springs to mind. The game against Manchester United at the start of the season. So really, really difficult away game. And also, you know, the, the second of three consecutive away games for Newcastle, uh, you know, as it happens. And now they've won two out of three. And again, you think, I, I think the standards are a lot higher at Newcastle now, you know, but you look at three away games and you think, you know, six points or seven points usually are, are very good. But now having gotten the, the six points, I think they'd be going for nine, of course. It, you know, goes without saying, I think that they're going to be going for the win. Uh but yeah, I mean, we thought this is this might be you know a series of uh, matches: West Ham, Brentford, and uh, and Aston Villa, where where points might be dropped, and nothing dropped so far. Obviously, the games before that was one as well. So on a fantastic run at the moment. You know, I said it last week. Seems like uh, Eddie Howe, everything he touches at the moment, you know, turns to gold. Really, really like on on a, of all the top teams, I think um, that are vying for those. Third and fourth places in the in the, in the title um, in the Champions League uh, um, <clears throat> race, Newcastle seem to have the best momentum, I think, and the best form. Um, so the they, Titan I, I, as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously Villa themselves are are playing very well. I will get to that, I think. But uh, but yeah, I mean, at the moment, you really couldn't ask for for more from uh, uh, Newcastle. Two form teams, so looking forward to it. It's going to be a fantastic. Fantastic uh, fixture t- tomorrow. Uh, you mentioned Aston Villa there, so uh, time to catch up with our guest. Put it to Neil Cox, everything that I've put to you. Here's what he had to say. As mentioned earlier, who better to speak to for such a big game than a player who's wore the claret and blue, the famous claret and blue himself. It's a large welcome to the podcast for Neil Cox. Neil, how are you? I'm not too bad, thank you. Not too bad at all. Great. Listen, we were just saying... Uh, just chatting. You've been to Villa Park. You've seen them very recently. So who better uh, to to basically look at a, what's going to be an absolutely cracking game in store at the weekend, isn't it? Well, it's a massive game as well. Obviously, they're, they're getting close to each other. Newcastle are in full form. Aston Villa are in good form. Um, Aston Villa need to win to close that gap down between the both sides. Um, and then it's going to be unbelievable atmosphere because I went to Villa Park against Nottingham Forest and the atmosphere was, it was unbelievable. So I'm expecting Newcastle fans to turn up as, as they usually do. I think it'll be a great day. And there's there's needle there as well. It's 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 a funny one, Aston Villa and Newcastle. They shouldn't have that history, but they have because of the relegations a, a few years back. But so that that will 
include uh, yeah. into the atmosphere because there's always a bit of banter between the halt end and the away end. But um, yeah. listen, it's going to be when you say Villa Park, it conjures up to me. It, that's that's tradition. That's that's where I want to see the semi-finals, the atmosphere, the halt end. Really looking forward to it. Uh, but on the Black and White with Arab News podcast, just wanted to get your thoughts on the season so far of, of Newcastle United. Well, they're flying high third in the league. They've been to a cup final. Their players are playing out of their skins for the manager and for the and for the for, for Newcastle. And you can just say the place is back buzzing again when. When I was playing against Newcastle, there's a fear factor of, oh, no, we've got Newcastle coming into town or we've got to go away to Newcastle. And I think that's brilliant for the football club. And it's good to see that they're back on the upward, upward uh, spiral. It's brilliant. You say that fear factor was, uh, I mean, you can imagine it from a fan's perspective. We, as Newcastle fans, we love uh, an evening game or we love a Sunday live on, live on Sky. I think most, most clubs probably do, but it, it is jumping. So does the fear factor play a big part in that? Going to St James's? Yeah. I remember at St James's when you go in there, you had a fear factor. Just just driving the coach up there, you could just see all the black and white shirts waiting for you to, to arrive and the stick and the banter was flying. And then, as you say, on, on a Sunday afternoon or even a Tuesday night at St James's Park, the atmosphere was electric. And I think it got away from that, obviously. New yep. chairman, an old chairman was involved and the atmosphere wasn't the same. But now the atmosphere is unbelievable again and you see it and it's packed and I'm, I'm hearing there's 20,000 people waiting for season tickets and I think it's just brilliant for the North East that they're flying again. Uh, and I think it's good for football because everybody wants to see Newcastle doing well. Nothing better than going down to, to Wembley and just seeing all the Newcastle fans in Trafalgar Square and celebrating and behaving themselves and just enjoying themselves. And I think that's just good and just what football needs at the moment, that, that realisation that the North East teams are, are coming back and, and doing, real, doing really well. Brilliant and well said as uh, also uh, tidied up at Wembley after themselves as well. Couldn't believe that, but uh, brilliant stuff. Listen, uh, you, you mentioned Eddie Howe there. So let's take it all the way back to the beginning. We believe, if, if reports were correct, that uh, Unai Emery was first choice at Newcastle and now he's in the home dugout for Aston Villa this weekend. But what are your thoughts? What what he achieved so far? I mean, it's incredible. He's, he's changed Aston Villa a little bit. Obviously, under Stephen Gerrard, Aston Villa a bit open and a bit flying around and, and just being not really defensively minded. Emery's brought that defensive, solid base to it and a possession-based football team that if we win 1-0 or, or if it's a draw, I'll be happy with that. He's brought that mentality into the football club. He's got everybody, from even from the centre forward, defending really, really well. And that's what he's, 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 um, he's getting ready for. He'll be ready for Newcastle to come in. Newcastle will come out all flying and attack and I think he'll be ready for the counter-attack with Watkins, who's got pace to get in behind. Do you think that's the way it'll go, Neil? Do you think that Villa will will allow Newcastle to come on to them and press? I think so. I think that's the way Henry wants to, to play. I think he's more of his defensive, no disrespect to him, he's more defensive-minded. And with the plays he's got, I think he's got a lot of pace. It'd be interesting to see Bailey's fit. Obviously, I've seen reports this morning that he's back in training. But he came off with a hamstring against Nottingham Forest. So it'd be interesting to see if but Watkins is playing really well at the minute, yeah. playing on people's shoulders, running in behind, causing trouble, scored again at the weekend. Um, he's full of confidence. And I just think the way they'll want to play, they'll sit back and make sure Newcastle can't get in behind them and, and, and then they'll go for a counter-attack. It's an interesting one you say. Play. I, I think Newcastle, That's if, if you want to get at Newcastle, I think that's the way to play uh, the Watkins way. I know um, Nunes from Liverpool did it, yeah. had a similar 
um, a spell at St James's Park when 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 we played Liverpool. He did exactly that. So and also I think that um, it would they 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 still Newcastle for for all their brilliance they're they're still susceptible even though they've got that fantastic defence to the counter attack. So it will be a fascinating face off. Uh, listen, there's no doubt it's the game of the weekend in the Premier League uh, in, in, in terms of form. Uh, I think it's both, both five on the spin, which is absolutely incredible. If Villa win, by the way, as you were just hinting at the start, it's game on for Villa and possibly Europe because they'll only be six points behind the two then. Yeah, there's six points behind and flying. I've just had a quick look at the, uh, the fixtures remaining. I mean, Aston Villa have got some tough games. So have Newcastle. They've got some yeah. tough games and say. There's no easy games in the Premiership. doesn't really matter. And we keep hearing when they come to the last 10 games, the last five games, it gets tricky. That's where the prizes are given out and everything's under pressure. So I just think, looking at the weekend, after seeing Aston Villa at the weekend, Nottingham Forest caused them all sorts of problems, but just lacked quality. The okay. final third, they lacked some serious quality. I just think at this time, I think Newcastle have too much for Aston Villa on this, on this weekend. Interesting. So... As far as tactics go, and I, I, this is my this is my favourite part speaking to players who played at the highest level. By the way, where do you see Saturday's encounter being won and lost? Well, I just look at the midfield player battle as that there's going to be a battle in them again for Aston Villa likes to put his foot in rugged, hard-working <laughs> midfield player loves the tackle. I just think it's going to be won won and lost in the midfield. Newcastle use their rotation system and get plays in the holes. And cause that will cause Aston Villa problems because Nottingham Forest did. Aston Villa was keeping possession. They kept getting caught. I just think the midfield players plays is going to be a battle, and then it's all about the wingers for Newcastle for me because you look at Aston Villa's fullbacks; they're really good going forward. Defensively, I worry about them. Uh, you say that midfield area as well. There's a couple of players from from, from the tunnel of a tackle. Joe Linton, um, he, he likes collecting cards as well. He's he's already had he's already amassed nine and done his ban. Yeah. Uh, but Bruno uh, Gimirash, he likes a tackle a bit like similar to John McGinn. Uh, similar ilk actually. They don't mind a tackle, but boy, they can spray the ball around. So yeah. it's gonna it's gonna be a fascinating uh, middle middle bat midfield battle. It'll be, the battle will be in midfield, as you say. You know, whoever can overrun the midfield and step onto this going forward, that's where the game's going to be won. And I just look at, at the moment, Aston Villa lack a little bit of quality. As you say, we don't know the side. There's a lot of reports of people unrest at the football club um, and, and people not happy because they're not playing. You look at Newcastle, all news coming out of Newcastle, I mean, it's all positive. And it's good to hear because over the years, all I've heard is Newcastle doing this, it's negative news. At the minute, it's just positive news. The manager's bringing you up, the, even the football club bringing it on. And as you say, when the two and army turn up in their numbers, it's all positivity. It's all it's all good humour and it's good to see that they're right at the top of the game, pushing to get into the top four. It makes this podcast easier as well, Neil. Listen, I wanted to say, <laughs> I wanted to, say to you, um, you're talking about, about cutting edge up front and Newcastle you mentioned the cup final and, and that period, although it was Manchester United and then they faced Liverpool and Man City, that they were the, the three-game spell where they didn't look great. Goals were, were difficult. They've seemed to have turned that corner. Um, as a as, as a, a champion of the defenders committee, what, what do you make of Alexander Isak? Oh, he, look, he, he looks like he's going to be, not just now, he's playing really, really well. Got pace to burn. Looks like he's got a really good edge with him. He scores goals. I think for the future, he's only going to get better. Yeah. I think he's going to get stronger, play more premiership games, play at the top of his level. 
probably playing Champions League next year will make him improve even more. It wouldn't surprise me if Newcastle don't go by another centre-forward in the, in the summer uh, to put more pressure on more people uh, because they've got the finances. But I think the manager will buy sensibly, something that's going to fit into the way they want to do it. Uh, I can only see him getting better. And, and as you say, the more plays Newcastle bring in, the better the squad they have, the better they're going to want to have a chance to be, in, uh, to be number one spot. As we always do with our guests, uh, much to Danny Simpson uh, a couple of weeks back, his disappointment. He said he, he, he knew I was going to put him on the spot. So we're, we're going to do the same with you. But we do have to take a prediction from you. Um, Danny Simpson struggled. We, we got him to do Manchester United, Newcastle. And of course, he's a Man United lad. So he, he, he took he took Manchester United. So we're putting Neil Cox on the spot. Uh, predictions for the score, Aston Villa, Newcastle United. I am going to go with Newcastle to win 2-1. I think they'll have too much for Aston Villa. Um, and I think defensively, um, Aston Villa will struggle. And I think the way Newcastle play at the minute, I think they're just there for the, they're going to go for the win. I think they will go for the win. Listen, it's been absolutely fantastic catching up with you. Uh, the one and only Neil Cox. Brilliant to see you. Good to see you. Appreciate that. AK, some fascinating insight from our guest who thinks that the tune will just have too much for Villa. I see it as a bigger test than Brentford, actually. But what's your take? Coxie doesn't seem no, to think so. No, I agree. I think I think it is a, it is a bigger test. Do you remember last week with uh, John Richardson as well? He said the same thing. We, we were we were focusing on the Brentford game, and uh, John said it's it's the Villa game that concerns me a little bit more. And he's right. You know, I think um, I know it's easier to say that in hindsight, having beaten uh, uh, Brentford. But you know, John did say it before the before the Brentford game. Uh, Villa are, are playing really, really well. You know, I, I think uh, Emery has got them playing good brand of football. You know, they, they they're quite dynamic. They move the ball around relatively quickly. You know, uh, and uh, I think uh, they're on, like Newcastle. They're on a great run of form. They're playing at home, of course, and you know, suddenly out of nowhere, you know, they they see you know in, in the last of last you know three or four weeks, suddenly they see they've got their chance for European football. So it's not just a, you know, it's not an end of season game where they go away and, uh, you know, they're playing against a team that's hit a bit of form, um, who's not under pressure. I think, I think Villa have their own targets, you know, and they're really not that far behind. So I think of, of the three games, the three away games, this will be the toughest. Ali, does history, history suggest there's, there, there, there's, there's needle there between Aston Villa and Newcastle? on the terraces, does that contribute to, to, to a factor before the game? Because the players, the, the, and, and I know Villa will be, but I know from Newcastle players, the Newcastle players are very in tune with the Newcastle fans, very in tune. Yeah. So they, they won't forget, uh, as, as do the Toon fans of, of the, uh, when Newcastle were relegated. Uh, they've, got long, they've got long memories, fans. They, the sub on the Tyne banner that was on the halt end. So does that play a factor in the game? Ramp it up with I, I mean... I would I would suggest, um, you know, superficially, yes. You know, I mean, I, you, you know, you mentioned the, the players um, being in tune with the fans. You know, you look at someone like uh, Bruno, uh, Bruno Gumares, and and he seems to have a really good, you know, connection with the fans. And you know, you can imagine that the fans will say, "Yeah, you, you got to go and beat them for us," you know. And and the players will take that on board. You know, I mean, they will be aware, and and quite rightly should. You know, like especially like maybe you know. But players who haven't been there long enough, which is the majority of the squad, you know, or or people who haven't been in English football, so you know they they get in tune with the with any rivalry or any like particular incidents that have happened in the past. 
but on the day you would imagine Eddie Howe would be you know or you know leading up you know it'd be very very professional you know and uh and you know they didn't get to where they are now you know by being you know over emotional and I think th- I think Eddie Howe you know has done such a great job but you really look at this season and and it, whenever there's been any sort of setback and all that they really do take every game as it comes. You know, there was that Sepa, the, the Carabao Cup final, lost to City after that. They had lost to Liverpool before that. And you thought, yeah, maybe this, they could struggle now. But they always seem to find a way to come back, uh, you know, from setbacks and all that. And I think he's very, very professional. And yeah, this, it, it's, it, these things are always great for the fans. But on the day, I think Newcastle will be quite... Uh, Keep emotions in keep emotions in check. Unlike this week's episode of Ted Lasso, if you know, you know. Uh, listen, a possible team news, Ali. Uh, it's a blow. Uh, Maxi's out for six weeks. Mm. Uh, he's finally starting to look the part as well, given the fact he's obviously been told that he's got a role to play. And, he, and fair play to him. We've, we've had enough, shall we say, semi-criticism of him, but I'm big enough to say he really has risen to that. Uh, challenge for, from Eddie Howe and Jason Tindall. But some welcome news that Miggy is back in training early. Yes. Uh, first on um, uh, Alan St. Maximin, I think you're right. He's be, he has been very, very good recently. And, you know, it's be, it had become a bit of a cliche, really, you know, like no end product and all that, which is, you know, a lot of the time is unfair. But, you know, it's such an unfortunate time to get injured, you know, because... Not just because it's just the running and because he's been playing so well, because I think now it you know, all the talk of possibly him leaving Newcastle might resurface because, you know, he had gotten himself in a position where he was playing really well back in the team, you know, and and uh, we were talking last week, I think we were saying, you know, Eddie Howe would want to keep him, you know, you know, the, any ideas of selling him, you know, he might, you know, uh, will be shelved now and he'll keep him. But I think this just not not through no fault of his own, you know, obviously he's injured, but, you know, people will be talking about replacements. People will be talking about, well, this, you know, he's not going to play much from now till the end of the season. So, you know, this will be the time when people will be talking about transfers and moves yeah. for new players. Good and point. yeah, I'm, I'm going to say I fear for him, but, you know, it'll just, it's just a really bad time for him to get injured, you know, like he really put himself on the stage, saying, look, you know, this is what I can do. And like he gets injured, uh, but yeah, big, Almiron big, back. Big, big call. I, I fear for you on Twitter if if that, if that comes to fruition. With the <laughs> hashtag anywhere FC. But it, it's, 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 it's a it's a very valid point, Ali, and it's something that uh, looking at it through, as you quite rightly say, circumstances are funny, funny issue in football. Yeah. And, yeah. and fate play, fate plays its cards. So that is a one to watch, and we'll we'll mark it on this podcast. Sorry, you were saying about Miggy. Yeah, Almiron, you know. Again, has such a good season, you know. Uh, uh, one of the one of the players that at the start of the season we 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 Still demanded. Still top scorer, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we you know we one of the players we kept saying, well, you know, before uh, um, even before uh, Alexander Isak joined, you know, we were saying, you know, that you know too much pressure on Callum Wilson to carry, you know, the, the burden of goal scoring by himself uh, and all that, you know. So we were calling for midfielders to chip in people who you know who have been at the club for a while you know basically to step up and yep. help in the goal scoring stakes and he did and he did he's had a great season yep you know they've been uh, sort of in in patches the goals but uh, 
they you know they've all been important and um having him back i think uh, is timely considering what's happened to uh, Alan St. Maximan and i think i think he's you know he, he's been, he's been one of newcastle's players of the season really yeah. in a, in a season where you know everybody's been playing well anyway you know so that's great news i think Good energy as well, hasn't he? Brilliant energy. Yeah. Never, never stops. So it, it's all part of the of the Eddie Howe DNA. Listen, just love a stat as much as you do as well. But I love. I, I, be, I read it every day this week. Isak five and five. Wilson three and three on fire as well. So brilliant. Listen, let's turn to the opposition. We asked our guest about. It, but I have to say, I was quite surprised at the fact that he. He is. He was. He was lord in Newcastle, but he was at Aston Villa last week, and he said they struggled in large parts against a poor Forest team. And, and if Forest had had more about them, Ali, that they they would have punished Villa. So, uh, are you impressed, though, nonetheless, at, at, at what Unai Emery has achieved at Villa? Um, it seems to be he does have that defensive lineup. And what I wanted to put to you, someone that we know very well, he plays on the counter. Is that Ala Rafa? Yeah, I mean. Uh... <laughs> It's a, it is. It's an interesting point. I think I am very impressed by what he's done because he's an excellent manager who's had um, um, so much success in Spain and in Europe. Mm. And again, you know, Four I've mentioned Europa leagues, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, we've mentioned this before on on, on the show that sometimes you know Premier League media and Premier League fans, shall we say, you know, like somebody doesn't. Is not a success, an immediate success in, in in England. You know, gets tarnished or you know gets their reputation a little bit like battered, really, in the way that Emery did at Arsenal. You know, people make fun of the way he talks and all that. It's just nonsense. You know, this is a um, you know a, a, an experienced, accomplished manager. As we know, Newcastle had him on their list as well. You know, absolutely. So you know, so I mean, not to be taken lightly at all. And he's proven that. And I think, look, I mean, fair point about they didn't play that well against Nottingham Forest. But, you know, you have to be fair. It's, and what, what applies to Newcastle applies to Aston Villa. We said Newcastle are finding a way, you know, even when not, maybe when they're Absolutely. goal down or not playing too well. So it applies to Villa as well. You know, they are finding a way game after game. To win it. So uh, I, I do think Newcastle are in better form than, than Villa, but marginally because, you know, again, Villa are playing really well and, and scoring uh, and, you know, sort of, um, you know, winning quite a few games uh, in a row. Yeah. So I think he's done a great job. I mean, uh, and uh, when you consider, you know, like sort of the, the attention Steven Gerrard got when, when he was at Villa, you know, there was a lot of, you know, talk like Steven Gerrard came down from, from Rangers where he was quite successful and all that. I'm a big fan of Steven Gerrard uh, as a player. Um, things didn't work out for him uh, at, uh, um, at Aston Villa. Um, but, you know, Emery's come in and, done a fantastic job and I think deserves a lot more respect just across his career, not just for what he's done here at Villa, you know, for what he's done. I think people are starting to realize that now. In terms of uh, um, uh, style, you mentioned, yeah, I mean, I think, again, you know, uh, I do find them quite dynamic when they do the, the breakaway, uh, mm -hmm. Pete, you know, like uh, they move the ball around quickly, you know, and they can put teams like uh, under pressure, you know, it's uh, it's, it's not a, like a, a ponderous team and, 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 and that, I guess if you're going to be successful playing uh, counter attack, then I guess it, it, it's it's just common sense really that you need to be quick on the break, you know. So you know, it could cause problems. And um, yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, Emery, I have to say. Okay, uh, bookmark this segment of the show because this is where I 
bring up your constant uh, ability to predict uh, and, and to say what you what you feel. And, and as a sports editor, it's priceless. But you've stated for a long time now, way before any of our colleagues in the media, uh, that NUFC have more than a great chance of securing Champions League football next season. You have been banging that drum consistently. So for that, I doff my cap off to you. Callum Wilson believes it's in the tune's hands. Uh, his podcast this week with Antonio West Ham, a great listen, by the way. Uh, he said, looking at it now, where they are, the stage of the season, that they would possibly regret not getting there, given what they've achieved at this point this season, which echoes what you said. Absolutely, 100%, mate. I mean, look, it's easy for me to like to be really uh, <laughs> um, confident about Newcastle as a neutral well, you know, uh, you know, we are we are a Newcastle podcast, uh, and uh, and I know obviously a, a lot of our guests are are you know have links to Newcastle, other ex players or fans, and nobody wants to be you know overly confident. You know, people don't want to jinx it and and all that. You know, but purely from a football point of view, I think it became clear really just around you know before the World Cup that you know there's a really good chance for Newcastle to qualify for the Champions League. Champions League next season. And obviously when they got to the Carabao Cup final, there was a lot of talk about, would you rather finish top four? Would you rather win the cup and all that? Which is a little bit of fun, you know, and, and you know, most people say, well, we would just want a trophy quite rightly and all that. But really, if you think about it, it's I wouldn't say it's a nonsense question, but it's an irrelevant question, you know. It's, you know, because had they won the Carabao Cup and then not qualified for the, you know, the the, the Champions League, you know, you know, sort of the glow from the from from winning a trophy would still be there, you know, but there would be disappointment, no question, you know. Look I at think... Man United. Look at Man United now. That's long yeah. gone that trophy. Yeah, People have yeah. Forgotten and, I, I mean, and now they're on their own troubles again. So I agree. I, yeah, I mean, the you know that glow will will fade. Uh, I think it would have like you know with Newcastle it would have lasted longer because it's the first trophy in a long time. I I get I get that point. However, you know, I think you know. The idea that people say, well, if you'd given me this at the beginning of the season, you know, finishing sixth and winning the Carabao Cup final, I would have taken it. That changes throughout the season. I mean, yes, you get that, you know, uh, I, I get the, the logic behind it, you know, of saying, well, you know, we're ahead of schedule in terms of our development and all that. However, having got yourself into a third place, having got yourself into a position to finish uh, uh, in the Champions League places, especially this late on in the season, you drop out of it, you're going to be disappointed, regardless of what happened before, regardless of what your expectations were. So I think Callum Wilson is absolutely spot on. I think it's quite uh, uh, refreshing to hear a player say that, you know, and not just saying, you know, you know, you know, keep saying, you know, they're the same tired lines of like we're ahead of schedule or we're, you know, we'll take each game as it comes. He's absolutely right. You know, Newcastle are in a position right now to finish in the in the top four, play Champions League football, anything less from this. Point going on and forward. I don't really put too. I don't want to put too much pressure on, but anything less would be a disappointment. Now, absolutely, hundred percent agree. Listen, as a man with the initial A as his first name, who is in red hot form at the moment. I'm not talking about Alexander Rizak. I'm talking about Ali Khaled with his prediction. So, give us a prediction for the weekend. <laughs> yeah, I was. Um, yeah, I mean, it's we've been on a good run, you know. Both, uh, as you say, you Newcastle and Mesut. Uh, I've called. Uh, I did. I did say three two last week, and I'd say uh, John Richardson called it spot on. He said two one, you know. So yeah, well done, well done John. You know, but uh, um, yeah, I'm 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 going to go for uh, 
you know, they, they, they've been on a fantastic run now. Was it five wins in a row? Is it yep. for Newcastle? Yep. Uh, I'm going to go for another win. You know, I think uh, they're playing so well. Villa themselves are playing well, but I think it'll be another uh, win for Newcastle. I'll go for Villa one, Newcastle two. Great stuff. We'll take that. Absolutely fantastic. Great episode, by the way. Great to catch up with. I, I do like that opposition. Uh, it gives us it gives us a, an insight in, into what we can expect uh, from from the opposition's perspective. So great to catch up with Neil Cox. Five hundred games at the top level as well. Great, great guy. Uh, that's it for another episode of Black and White with Arab News, and from him. Ali Khalid, the sports editor of Arab News. Fantastic to see you as always. We'll be back next week for another episode. Until then, how are the lads? <laughs>